Hello, and welcome to the American Theatre Wing's Downstage Center. I'm Jeremy Seamus, and I'm here today with my colleague and fellow, do you like to be called actor or actress? I like actor, okay. but I answer to actress as well. Okay, good. My fellow actor, Annie Paris from Clybourne Park, who I get to act with every night on stage. Welcome. Uh, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. You're, welcome a great, you. you're a great actor. Hey, thanks. And so a great are you. actress as and well. And you are also a great actress. <laughs> uh, Annie <laughs> plays my wife in both acts in 1959 and in 2009 in Clybourne Park. And uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here with you. It is a pleasure to be here with you. And I just want to... I just want to put a little thing out there because I think that Jeremy will not mention this. Um, our play has been nominated for four Tony Awards, which is awesome. And most awesome, Jeremy has been nominated for Outstanding Featured Actor. Congratulations, Jeremy. Thank you. That's nice. I was actually – I was going to mention that. Oh, no, oh, I'm oh okay. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I should have let you. I it leads to my you. first question. What is it like working with an actor like me? I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> it is. It is a a treat and actually kind of scary because yeah, I'm so filled with, <laughs> yeah, I mean, awe and intimidation. So every night there's an obstacle to, okay, right. no, we're being, we're being very silly. But, but actually, I, I do want to make a comment about working with an actor like yourself and like all the actors in with our show. our ensemble, yeah. We, I just feel like we are so extraordinarily lucky to have the group of people that we have together and I mean talk a little bit about about sort of the uh, the journey of the show because we started we started off Broadway over two years ago doing this show at Playwrights Horizons and so just it, a little bit about just the history of it a little bit it's I don't know about in your life but in my life it's an extremely it's been an extremely rare in fact the one time in my life that I've had the pleasure of working with the same group of people over such an extended period of time. And it's been um, an incredible learning experience, actually. Like, I mean, you know, we um, we sort of missed that era of, like, company theaters yeah. where, like, you had, you know, everybody was together all the time and you did different productions. And um, that was a little before our time. And I feel like we've gotten a little taste of that with this play because – the fact of doing a show, you know, two years ago, leaving it alone and then coming back to it with the exact same group of people two years later is, I mean, has for me been like a total revelation, you know, in me just too. the kind of depth that actors can bring to their work when it just sits inside them for a period of time. And, and there's that kind of indirect creativity that happens. Yeah, I feel like if anyone who's listening has been in a play, if you imagine that you were in a play two years ago and then you actually get the gift of getting that same group back together again and doing the play again, it's 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 it really is a gift because yeah. it's like a family in the first place, you know, mm. when you do these shows and so just to get the it's like a family reunion, but then to get yeah. to do the same play and yeah. your life has changed and you know, some people had babies and some of the yeah. babies that had just been born were growing up and yeah. everybody's you know had life experiences and then you bring that all back to the play and the play itself is such a, was such a strong is such a strong thing and uh it's it is really it is really unique i mean and i think one of the great things about working together so much is we all we know each other so well that we know yeah. each other's rhythms and we know yeah. the play's rhythms and um I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about that? or? or? Yeah, or I actually do have a question for you. Like, did okay. you have the experience of um, 
because I had this a couple times in the play that really took me by surprise as we came back to it um, to rehearse for the taper. Yeah. Um, where there were things that I didn't, I didn't know that I had a question about it. Do, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? And then we started doing it and like we started rehearsing again and a whole different thing opened up to me. Yeah, for that sure. Was, I don't know, especially in act two, actually, like that was just super shocking in a way to find that something that I had assumed I had solved in essence, like was just so much, I don't know, so much bigger. I mean, right. I mean, I think. I, 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 I did have that experience and yeah. just to explain that we, we did the play at the Mark Taper Forum in LA before we came to Broadway. So, right. and it was the first time, it was the second time that we rehearsed, but the first time we rehearsed was kind of hurried at, at Playwrights Horizons. We really only had three and a half weeks of rehearsal and it sort of was like just putting the play up as, uh, you know, it's as competently as, as well yeah. as we could. Yeah. Um, so then the second time we rehearsed, we actually had time to think about things. And yeah, it's true. There were all these, there are all these sort of strings that you, um, you know, as you rehearse something that you kind of tie up because it's, you don't want it just to be a frayed string. So right. you sort of tie it up quickly in the first time. And then when you actually examine some of those knots, I'm not sure where this analogy is going to lead, but you, <laughs> you sort of untie them and then you realize, oh, this string leads to this other revelation or this other truth. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I feel that that's true of, being in a play for a while in a longer run or getting a chance to run a play, you know, but a lot of times you don't allow yourself to ask those questions or to say, you know, because if I, um, if I unpack this thing, it might screw up the whole play and the way that we're doing it. But yeah. since we were actually, actually rehearsing for yeah. the same production, we had the luxury of saying, what if I don't do it this way? And what yeah. if this sort of, I ask these questions. And sometimes it led to a dead end that we said, oh, I, now I understand why we did it the yeah. original way. And then sometimes it, 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 it revealed something about the play that made it deeper. And, and that's why I think the play is, you know, ultimately so much stronger now because yeah. we've all, there, there are no, we're not glossing over anything that we don't understand. Do you remember on, like, I, I mean, I don't know if it was our first day of rehearsal, but it was very early in the rehearsals for the taper again that we were talking about, oh, we had to, how, how fast we had to work on act two. And I, and, and we were both kind of saying, like, won't, won't it be interesting to, like, slow that process down and, like, open it up? And then I feel like, you know, maybe a couple of days later, like, Pam and Bruce were like, yeah, we really want to slow down act two. And then I don't know about, like, for you, but for me, it suddenly felt like so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I don't know. I'm just curious, like talk to talk a little bit about that process of like I don't know slowing something down. It's funny because so much of the play. I mean, this particular play, Clybourne Park, is so much about um, uh, communication and a lack of communication. Yeah. And I feel like, especially in Act Two, people listen to each other in a specific way and then people also don't listen to each other in a specific way. Yeah. And sometimes not listening to something is, you know, you, 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 you sort of don't listen to what the person's saying. I mean, obviously, technically you have to hear your cue, but you don't really take in what the person's saying. And I think, we we really went fast when we did Act Two at Playwrights, and when yeah. we slowed it down, you're right. I mean, I remember there were moments, and I think I said out loud, "I was like, yeah. oh, I never knew you said that. That's crazy." <laughs> yeah, totally. Because <laughs> there were a lot of totally. overlapping dialogue, and one totally. day I heard someone, maybe you say something, and I was like, "Is that what you always have said? That's crazy." I if I totally. heard that, you know, so it's like my character can't hear that, and yeah. and I wanted to ask you because you know you play someone who's deaf in the second act, and the staging was. You mean the first act? In the first act, yeah. Although. 
maybe in a the little second act, I actually think I thought you were playing a deaf, deaf but now it's interesting <laughs> to think that you have hearing. Um, but in the first act, you play a deaf person, and the staging was so different in Act One and Act Two. Um, I mean, in, 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 in L.A. versus New right. York, in, in L.A., we were on a big thrust stage, and here we're on a proscenium again. Yeah. And so there were things that you saw. And then you don't see them, then you didn't see them on Broadway. And so what's that like? What's it like playing a, a, a person who doesn't have hearing anyway in terms of what's it's, your sort of process through that? I mean, I, it was like a huge, I mean, it's, it's really interesting, like, challenge. I mean, in the first place, I, I guess I'd just start by saying, like, originally at Playwrights, like, I, I, I was honestly terrified. Like, I, I, I got to say, I have rarely been more terrified, mm-hmm. partly because you just don't want to, you want to do it service you want to you know portray it accurately and also fearlessly you know which ultimately like then fills you with fear (laughs) or at least in my case like deep 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 anxiety um so i think i decided to be very i mean i my i was very plotting about it you know i mean i worked with a speech pathologist i worked with um people who were fluent in asl and that and then you know obviously listen to many 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 voices and um of deaf people and um i tried to just fill create confidence for myself through like a a a dearth of research you know um and then slowly over time and i i got to give pam a huge amount of credit for this because <laughs> Pam McKinnon's our director. Yeah. Yes, Pam McKinnon, our, our fabulous director, because she kind of, I feel like now when I look back on it, I realize that she just didn't get in the middle of it. Like, she just let me kind of swim around up there mm-hmm. during rehearsals. And I was so lost at the beginning. And I think it was a huge gift that she gave me to just, like, allow me to be lost. Because the thing that I realized very slowly <laughs> was um, that I, just I was listening in a different I had to use a different faculty to listen and that's like what I can see um, so that I'm you know perceiving the room based on what I the interactions I see happening like you know who's talking to who what their expressions look like um, right and what's interesting is of course at playwrights it's a proscenium stage and so I know that it worked there and when we started rehearsing for the taper which was the thrust stage I was like, this is crazy because I can see so much more of what's going on. And it felt like, well, I can't possibly know that. And so then I had to work all of these things in that I suddenly had to know because I could see them. And in a weird way, that was so much easier to do Hmm. than going back to the to the Broadway stage where we're back in a proscenium situation right. and trying to, un- you had to unhear things or know, un- yeah. unknow things, unknow yeah. things that I, that I, you know, and, and just the things that I know are going on over there now, but that I actually, you know, I don't know. Betsy doesn't know. Betsy in this would never turn iteration. She way. would never right. turn to look over there. So hmm. it was a very, I mean, I, I remember feeling at the beginning of the, the Broadway run, like, Oh my gosh, I've totally lost a handle on this character. And I, I know you and I have talked about this a great deal, but like I think the thing that I always come back to is maybe this is an odd thing to say with relation to playing a deaf character, but is just trying to listen. That is to to like literally be in the moment of what am I seeing mm-hmm. in the room, mm-hmm. and just f- follow that through. You know what's what's happening right now, and let that be all that's going on. Yeah. Um, 
you know when you say um you know that you really appreciate Pam kind of letting you flail do you what's your sort of who are some of your favorite directors and what and what did they in your life as an actor what do you appreciate about a director i mean do you always like to sort of be let on your own and figure I, stuff out you know or? what i i have had great experiences with sort of i feel like the the gamut in a way i mean um i've worked with Daniel Sullivan twice and I have loved it both times and I I don't think I wouldn't describe him as somebody who you know lets you flail I think he really like throws a tons of ideas out there mm-hmm. and um but maybe maybe a thing he and Pam have in common I think they're both incredibly astute observers of the narrative mm-hmm. and feels like everything that they are putting into the room has to do with a better way to tell the story and that that in actually does give the actors quite a bit of freedom because what they're after is not necessarily the same thing. You know, I mean, you're in your you're working on the character right. and where the character is going, which is, you know, one aspect of the story as opposed to the whole, you know, the whole thing. Um, but what about, what about you? I think that's actually a fascinating question. I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I think relationship to that. It's some, I mean, I love to I, – what I love about theater in general, I feel, is collaboration. I feel like that word gets bandied about in a lot of different mediums and everybody's mm-hmm. like, it's such a real collaboration. But I really – theater really is a collaboration because, Absolutely. I mean, a director really leaves the show and trusts that that their work is then then yeah. going to happen. So so there has to be a deep trust in in the process of collaborating that everybody is happy and, and pleased about the way the story is being told with the playwright, with the designers. with So I think, you know, I mean, obviously the best directors are good collaborators, but not all of them necessarily. Some, some I think the best directors and uh, are the ones who, um, like you said, I, I've never thought of it that way, but yes, who, who keep an eye very strongly on the story, but allow your, uh, your contribution to the story to be individual and work with you um, specifically on how right. the story gets told. So I feel like... And confidence, right? Like, I feel like Pam also, and and Daniel does this as well, like, just bring, like, an incredible amount of confidence into the room, like, yeah. both in their choice of actors, you know, and in their, and in the material itself, so that you feel really comfortable to, like... Right to explore. explore right? I mean, I think yeah. I think what you're saying is, yeah, and I agree. It's if some if you feel like someone has a good eye on the story yeah. and on the play, and you trust what their their take on the story and the play, then yeah, you can go. You can really go for something, yeah. and they'll tell you, you know, that's great, but it doesn't really work in the way that we're telling the story, right. or this part of that works, but if you go that far, this this part of the story is not told, and right. you know, you just assume and. You know, I think it's true of of certainly our company now, but yeah. but a lot of of a lot of most actors that I've worked with, people care much more about the play than they do about their performance. You know, yeah. so it's not a question of like, well, I'm going to do this, and the director says that's not really serving the story, and they're like, well, tough luck, but I <laughs> love doing that. You know what I mean? Everybody totally. is like, you know, especially when you're in a good play, it's like this is this is why we're here to tell this story, and so when everyone's on the same page, the designers, the you know, then you know, you just say, what is the best way to tell this story? And I feel like that's true in wherever you're doing a play. You know, I I just, I just feel like you read the play when you first get the play or you say, I'm going to audition for this, or I just got cast in this and you read the play and 
that's the thing that you're going to do. And then yeah. you figure out how you fit into it and a, a good director helps you figure, figure that out. And yeah, then, perfect. and then you get to, and then you get to explore your own thing. Yeah. And if the director's good, like you said, they kind of keep you on. I mean, I don't want to say a leash because it sounds rough, but they keep you on the path, that, on, the, yeah, on the, you know, so that the, that the, makes sense. And because then we're you all can going just, to the same place, right. in essence. And then, you you know, you can just run really, uh, really freely because mm-hmm. you know that you're being guided. And I feel like that that is a, that is a common trait that the that the great directors that I work with yeah. um, have done is like. They let you. They you feel like you're completely on your own, but when you but you know that if you get off a path, that's a good yeah. you know that they'll give you a little tap to be nudge. like it's you know, a little nudge to say, don't forget that we're doing this, and that's that's great. So you yeah. never feel like you're on a leash, being pulled somewhere or being held back, yeah. but more like I know that there there are boundaries that yeah. um that that feel safe. I'm curious, like in the context of of Clyburn Park, like playing Carl and Steve. Um, it's funny because I feel like in a, in a lot of talkbacks and actually I guess even in like a couple of interviews and stuff that we've done about it, like the question has come up, which has been somewhat surprising to me. And I wonder how it's felt for you uh-huh. about, you know, like this bad guy or like the things that you have to say and is it yeah. difficult and how, and I'm just curious, like how, like how you have thought about those two guys you know in your in your work on each of those characters and 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 how has it and how have you, how you how you have responded or have felt in in the face of people's you know saying that I'm a bad guy yeah or just people like people's apparent perception of them because i right. think like sometimes it's been surprising to me to hear questions that the audience has had and stuff like that i'm just right. wondering like what it has been like for you what's well, funny i mean i feel i mean i i guess it's a, almost a cliche but i i feel i really I care about the characters that I play and, you know, in this play and in, in, in all plays. And, and I feel like I, I believe in what they're doing, no matter how backwards or, um, uh, racist or whatever it is. It's just, I mean, I feel like Carl Lindner in the first act of Clyburn Park, who is racist. I mean, he's, but he's, defending his neighborhood and his lifestyle his wife's you you're about to have a baby and he cares about it and um like i always say i feel like if the play is responsible if the play has a point of view that's responsible then what you're doing it's not like what i'm doing what i'm when i say something that's racist it's not the play is not racist the play is showing the way people were and i feel like the only way to show how people were is to try your best to be that person to like empathize yeah to empathize and to be that person and so i mean i think the worst thing that you can do when you're playing someone who you personally disagree with politically or you Mm -hmm. know is to add an extra any any layer even the thinnest veneer of um judgment or like or i'm with really with the audience this guy's a jerk that i'm playing or you know it's like you know I, i think that you know, uh, we did a we did a little talk at Barnes and Noble, like a little book signing, and there was a woman there who um, was in a production of Raisin in the Sun in 1978 at the McCarter, yeah. which was surprising because it was 1978, and she said that there there were um, there were people who wanted their money back because there were black people on stage in 1978 at the McCarter in um, in Princeton, New Jersey. 
But anyway, um, it was the first time that black actors had been on that stage in 1978. But anyway, she said, you know, she had done this play and she and the people booed Carl Linder and, you know, at the end even. And um, she said that she always just thought of Carl Linder as this, you know, racist jerk. And she came to see our play and she said, you know, the biggest compliment I can give you is she's like, I understand Carl Linder. I mean, I really yeah. I understood him. I mean, it doesn't make him any less racist, uh, less less racist or. Right. But but, um, you know, I think to to be an advocate for the character that you're playing and to feel like, you know what? He's fighting for something. It's totally backwards. And then, you know, we can look back and say, oh, my gosh, that guy. Yeah. But um, so I'm not surprised when people say that he's a bad guy. Right. But um, but I also feel like, you know, you kind of root for him. I mean, I it's like, interesting because now listening to you talk like I'm like, right. It's the pl- like it's like the play's job to ta- to to be philosophical about the characters and about the time and about the politics and like from an acting point of view yeah. like it's our job to give each uh character the the fairest shake a full life yeah i mean it's funny because it's similar yeah. to what i mean we're this is becoming like a little theme of our conversation but yeah. it's like you know these these great directors they they set out a path and they 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 make sure that the the story is being told and then you can just run, you know, as hard as you can in the direction that you're running and just right. know that someone's watching out for you. And in right. the same way, a good play tells this story and, you know, your job is to live fully as these as a character. And, yeah. you know, when you start to have to worry about the storytelling and when I when you have to start to worry and say, I'm racist, you know, right. to the audience, then then that's when you get into trouble. And I right. think that's what can sometimes separate great theater um, from theater that's not as good as because mm-hmm. um, everyone can commit to his or her job, you know, mm. in 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 things that are working really well because mm-hmm. there's an overall the play itself the direction the design everything supports this other this other thing so you can yeah. go as as far in the direction as you as you want i mean i remember in um in graduate school, I played Iago, who's like you know a real right. major horrible Shakespearean guy. villain. He's <laughs> right. a, yeah, you know, um, he's just deceitful and horrible. But right. I just remember when I played it, I just I loved playing it. I yeah. felt like part of the great thing about doing a lot of those Shakespeare roles, and I want to ask you about this summer, you know, playing Shakespeare. But you know, is is I got these direct addresses to the audience. Iago talks right. to the audience, and you feel like. You get everyone on your side, even though you're saying yeah. horrible things and you're telling them, I am going <clears throat> to lie and do this thing and I'm going to make, you yeah. know, these people believe things that are not true. And, you know, you, you implicate the audience with you because you, you get everybody on your side because yeah. y- you believe it and you want to. And I think you undercut the whole play and you undercut all, all of your acting in general, if you sort of are at the same time trying to tell the audience, look how, what a jerk you are. I, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, yeah. you actually, when, um, when he kills Desdemona at the end, I feel like the audience is a little bit like, oh man, we shouldn't have rooted for Iago so much. That right. It's horrible. Right, right, what right. What were we thinking? Right, right. You know, as opposed to saying, I know a bad thing's coming. Wait, I have a goofy question, but I'm actually totally serious about yeah. it. Like, which you're, is. You're, you're surprised that Othello kills Desdemona. I <laughs> Wait, ruined the end. Spoiler alert. Hold on. (laughs) I've never seen it. Also, Romeo and Juliet die at the end. Oh, my gosh. Now. Sorry. I can't go to see that play. (laughs) Shoot. I ruined it. Um, No, I'm curious about 
the if you have a different process with regard to working on a classical piece, um, oh, particularly you know a verse piece um, like Othello, uh, or an, and a new play, or are your is your process relatively similar? I want to ask you the same question. Do you want to answer it first? Or, I no, mean, go for it. No, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, working with a verse play, I feel like I'm probably a little bit more specific with the language, although I'm, I'm just as specific with the language in, an, in a new play. It's not that I sort of am like, you know, if I want to add a couple of my own words, that's cool. That's not, <laughs> the, that's, but I mean, in terms of, um, just really working on the verse and, and the text and, you know, where my breathing is, I think really, right. With that particular play, it, it it helped me to feel like I had that really under control for myself, yeah. so that then I could then I could just do what I wanted and sort of just go for it. I mean, yeah. Barry Edelstein, who directed that production, yeah. um, Barry in the park, he was our dramaturg, so oh, right. I spent hours and hours. Yeah, I mean, just he just with he's incredible he's with amazing. Shakespeare, and amazing. and one of the great things he said, which I always remember, and I think it's true of all plays, but he was speaking about Shakespeare, but all great plays, you know, and, and to some extent that, you know, it includes great modern plays, but really with Shakespeare, he's, he said they're built like Italian, you know, they're, they're built like sports cars, like great right. sports cars. And the more gas you give those cars, the better they handle. And you, you know, yeah. if you're, if you're driving, you know, a Ferrari, you know, you actually, you it handles like butter when you go around turns when you're going 120 miles an hour if you try right. to baby it and go right. 30 miles an hour it's actually those cars are really stiff and awkward right. and they just don't go around but but the more gas you give them the more mm. they hug the road and you know you can really yeah. and and th- that's what these that's what these plays are built like so i just remember him saying that and knowing the only way that I can go 120 miles an hour playing Yago is yeah. if I have complete control or as much control as I can or, or um, right. mastery of the words and the phrases and the thoughts right. and, you know, the pronunciations and, yeah. and the rhythms of these words so that then if I really have that under my belt, then I yeah. can just put the gas, which I get, which is, you know, my, what I'm feeling, what I'm trying right. to do, how I'm moved, and it can surprise me nightly because right. I, I, you know, you know, and I feel that way about this play that we we've been doing it now long enough that the yeah. words are very second nature, and yeah. so it can really surprise you, and the words totally support you. But what it's, what was your what was your you this summer in the park? Yeah, it's and, interesting because like I had not worked on Shakespeare since I'd been in college, so uh-huh. like I, I, I mean I. Obviously, Will you t- t- say the plays that you did this oh, summer? Oh, yeah. right. Sorry. Um, I did um, uh, All's Well That Ends Well and Measure for Measure in the park last summer. And um, that was literally the first time I'd worked on uh, Shakespeare since college. So totally terrifying experience wow. on the one hand. But I, I completely agree with you. Like what I it, – it was really about for me like getting complete technical mastery yeah. over the language so that I felt – just no fear at all in terms of like what what's the sense of what I'm saying? Where do I breathe? What's the right. you know what what's the rhythm? What's the you know um, all of that had to be like to the point of complete second nature before I could you know bring the gas and and I mean that right. I, 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 yeah that was which which was a great actually was a great thing to experience last summer and I think again like I told you not not all contemporary plays but i think bruce's play and again like especially in the second act just the nature of the second act yeah. is a lot like that it's really it is a it is a technical challenge and like 
before it can really explode emotionally, I feel like we had to get the technical thing totally. going. And that's the again, overlapping like, dialogue and all yeah. the things that are very... And the very... precision of the rhythm of it, mm-hmm. you know, which I th- feel like, you know, I mean, again, like, it's just the... I mean, to come back to the very beginning, like, the gift of having the same seven actors do it over this period of time is that we've, like, literally all been on that journey together so that, like, I feel like we kind of have been able to step up, you know, as, as a group. Instantly. Yeah, and I feel like, and as I've said in... At other times, I feel like as a group, we, we've gelled as an organism together. Mm-hmm. We, we do some of our breathing together and yeah. we do some of those, yeah. you know, those technical things together. We know that yeah. this is a moment that we can just hold completely still and let this land. And we know when we, when everybody's cooking and everybody's yeah. just going at a certain pace. And so we have group rhythms as well. And yeah. so I feel like, you know, when people come to see the play, they, they also, they appreciate a real ensemble. And, yeah. and, and I mean, that's the kind of acting that excites me. You know, totally. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, sometimes it's exciting to see someone's like crazy bravura performance, but at the same time, I feel like what I really appreciate is a group of people, you know, telling a story and like, and working together. And it's Absolutely. exciting to do that. And I, and it's like you said, you know, the times, of these companies are are sort of have faded away um, yeah. unfortunately especially in new york it's but uh this is as close as there is i mean we basically so, get to do two plays every night and with people that we've yeah. worked with for a long a time total total luxury i feel like yeah. just like a luxury it's amazing well our time went really fast yeah uh, so it was fun. great talking to you, you Annie Carice, you're amazing i was just gonna say fun. jeremy i, I never you knew you were so interesting <laughs> I, know, I know i got lost in you uh but thank you so much for listening yeah. and um thanks for being here bye bye Hello, I'm Heather Hitchens, Executive Director of the American Theatre Wing. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Downstage Center. Downstage Center is recorded in the CUNY TV radio studio at the City University of New York's Graduate School of Journalism in Manhattan. Our engineer for today's show is Chad Bernhard. Along with this program, all of the educational and media work of the American Theatre Wing is available online, on demand, for free at americantheaterwing.org. If you're a regular listener to or viewer of WING programs, we hope you'll consider giving us financial support to sustain our work. Just visit our website, americantheaterwing.org, and click Support ATW. For Downstage Center and the American Theater Wing, thanks for your support and thanks for listening.